Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Confessionals. I am your guest host, the great and powerful Mystery, e. and I am Jay Clone Seven Seven Six. Woo! And we're hosting your members-only episode this week. How exciting! Yeah, I'm excited. We had a good one earlier, so I'm glad to hear you see you guys come join back to join us for this members-only episode. Mm-hmm. So Tony's taken a few weeks off to spend some much time, much needed time with his family uh, for, you know, the holidays and having some good times. So we are so appreciative that he asked us to come on, put on a show for you fine folks. If you yourself have a wild or crazy story that you want to share with the confessionals, why don't you go ahead and shoot Tony an email at contacttheconfessionalspodcast.com. Does that sound all right? Sounded very professional. Yeah. Yeah. This is a little more of a serious stage than our normal show, I which is so. what? Cryptids of the Corn podcast. You can find us, well, just about everywhere you listen mm-hmm. to podcasts. You can also uh, go to Tony's website. There's a contact like form at the bottom, like most websites. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're idiots already. Uh, yeah, like I said, any of those work for Tony. So get a hold of him. Uh, yeah, and you may even find your, 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 your little story as a featured Tony Merkel film. Oh. So go ahead and shoot him an email. Uh, yeah. Anything else? No, I think that covers it. The last big shout out is to the members in here, the members space. Thank you guys for supporting the Confessionals podcast. Are you good? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. I'm just been waiting. I'm waiting to get to our subject topic because we've been talking about it for a few weeks. And Yeah, so Tony asked us to do this and we were super excited. So we pulled, a, for this week or of the uh, Confessionals podcast, we pulled a couple of our 
favorites we've been holding back to do on our show. So we're going to do them here on the confessionals. Are you excited? Yeah. So here's a little treat. Let's dive into it. The Shaka War Con. Ooh. And if you're unfamiliar with how we kind of run a show, I kind of started off with a little article. This one's going to come from Mysterious Universe. And then we get into our thoughts and some more sightings and stuff like that. Yeah. How's that sign? I, I, you know how, I know how it goes. How's so that I'm sign? Ready. How's that what? How's that sign is what I said. Sign? How's that sign? What do you mean? No, I just can't talk. Okay. You meant how's that sound? Okay. Yes. So the article is Mysterious Monsters in North America. In lore and legends of the Iowa Indians of the Great Plains of the American West, a creature called the Shaka Warakan, which means in their language, the one that carries off dogs, which is known by various other local names. It is a brutish, dark-furred beast with a sloping back, massive jaws, long front legs, specifically compared to the back legs. They look very much like what we today know as... Mm, I was going to say a hyena. Yes. Okay, it sounded, it. it sounded just like a hyena. Yeah, which we'll talk about. If anybody that's listened to our show before, you may know a little bit more about hyenas than the average listener. The creatures are said to be extremely vicious, but they also are to be avoided at all costs. The tribes in the region gave them a very large birth. So the places they knew where the Shaka Warakan were, it was specifically avoid. Okay. Uh, very similar to some of the Algonquin tribes and or the ones that predecessed the Algonquin tribes when they had short-faced bears and even very aggressive grizzlies. Uh, you know, they kind of knew where these animals were. And it was just better not to go over there. Right. Why Why risk losing, you know, your, your leg, your arm, your dog? But that's human nature. Oh, what? To, to go, go poke the biggest animal you can find? Yeah, go. You're not supposed to. Yeah. So the Shaka Warakan was apparently often sighted by both native tribes and the early white settlers of the area. You typically describe it being very large and heavy set with a build somewhat reminiscent of a cross between a wolf and a hyena with a dark to dark red or with a black to dark red fur. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's not always hyena-like. We'll talk about some of the Shaka Warakans, even the one that was killed. Definitely didn't look like a hyena. Where, okay, well, where was it killed? We'll get there. Come on. You can reveal some secrets. You got to wait, baby girl. You got to oh, wait. Oh, boy. So some settlers claim that they even shot and mounted a specimen. Ew. Uh, yeah. How's that sound? <laughs> You're gross. What? I don't know. Well, they want... shot and mounted a specimen of one of these beasts. And there's at least one mysterious mount specimen that is allegedly shot in Montana in 1886 by Israel Amon Hutchins. Mm. Now, that's a power name. I think I know that guy. Yeah. The specimen was acquired by a local taxidermist named Joseph Sherwood and was stuffed and displayed in the general store in Iowa, where it is labeled as Oringa Donkus. <laughs> so they shot one in Montana they shot and then one in Montana. stuffed it and brought it back to Iowa? Yeah. Okay. yeah. It very, it, this story, we'll get into this story. This is one of big conjecture because uh, okay. your favorite people get involved. Oh, the Smithsonian? Yes. No way. Yes. They're good people. Although this mount has never been formally examined in any great depth, it was missing for a while. Oh, here we go. Like that like that account with that short-faced bear skull. Mm-hmm. Some uh, cryptozoologists, notably the renowned Lauren Coleman, have suggested it is indeed physical evidence of a legendary Shaka or a con. So 
with this story, it's hard to talk about. You know, we're, keep in mind we're talking about the late eighteen, you know, the eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, and early nineteen hundreds. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of hearsay with this story. The beast was on display. You can look up pictures of it. Um, it looks like a really big wolf with a really big dark back, hmm. almost like a maned, like not like a maned wolf, the rig, big red guys, but a wolf with a mane. Right. Um, that could. Some of the locals argue that that's not what it looked like before it went missing. Oh, uh, okay. So this is the one they had on. They had pictures of it yes. stuffed on display after it, it was refound. The pictures are after after it was, it was refound. Oh, gotcha. So, so we the, know what that one looks like, and yes. it looks like a giant wolf with a mane almost. Mm-hmm. And but the taxidermy is once again one hundred and fifty to one hundred and seventy-five years old, right? And it was not done with the best technologies of the day. Well, I mean, being that old, it doesn't matter how good it was. It's probably not going to hold up. And then the pictures, the test of time. The pictures, it looks like a wolf with a weird head and a big back. Mm, okay. Uh, so some say the Smithsonian got involved and that's why it went missing. So as we've talked about in our show, you know, the Smithsonian does come out to a lot of these cryptid cases, especially in the late 1800s, early, you know, turn of the century for that, you know, that era, they'd come out and investigate everything from the Hodag to the Snallygaster. You know, right. the Smithsonian got involved in a lot of these cryptid cases. Hmm. And then afterwards it was like, nope, just a bear. Never happened. It wasn't here. Yeah. But we, and then. They've gotten caught in lies saying that they never went and investigated something. And then there was a paper trail that was discovered later. That they did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on our show, we talked about, you know, the giant flying manta rays of, I think it was, it was Brazil or Peru or something like that. It was that. somewhere either in Central in or South America. And they're like, no, we never were there. And then we found out that they had a research station like three miles away. Right, yeah. Like they were not that far. And then they collect uh, specimens too. Yeah, they, like they chopped samples. off a big chunk of it. Yeah. So... Just saying the Smithsonian gets involved in some of these stories and the giants. I mean, let alone the giant stuff. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. But these cryptids were snatched a lot by the Smithsonian. The Smithsonian. Uh, so what do you think about that so far? Well, I'm not shocked. I mean, something goes missing and Smithsonian's involved at the same time. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's not like we haven't seen that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens quite a bit. As recently as 2006, there was a strange-looking reddish-yellow wolf that was shot in Garfield County, Montana, after apparently going on a killing spree and slaughtering at least 120 sheep. Mm, And this is all, you know, 2006, it's all documented. Yeah, that's very recent. While there are some that speculate in the cryptozoology circles that this could have been an actual specimen of Shaka Warakon, the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Department eventually came to the conclusion that it was merely an abnormal individual of wolf. So, this was interesting because they argued and they went back and forth with DNA testing and all this stuff. And this is 2006, you know, DNA wasn't where it is now. Yeah. But they argued for months about what this thing was. Okay. And then finally, probably the guy at the head of the DNR or the Fish and Wildlife Went up and was like, nope, it's a wolf. It's just case closed. Yes. Reddish yellow wolf. And you may ask at home yourself right now, how could a hyena-like creature or a giant wolf, like a dire wolf, which we'll talk about in a bit, survive somewhere in the in North America, or specifically in the United States? You know, if you're on this side of the country, you know, the East Coast, it's, it's really hard to imagine something like that. 
But when you're out west, I have friends out in Montana. Montana does not have a lot of people. No, it's pretty. It has a lot of space. Oh, it's pr- very vast. You yeah. can you can completely not see another human the whole rest of your life if you really wanted to. That'd be nice. There, yeah. I mean, not to that, but just to have that much space. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so nice. I have a friend that does cattle drives out there. Ooh. And they're like, yeah, you days. That'd be sweet. Days on horseback. Nobody. One whole day. valleys. Like one day. That's the goal. So, what do you think of the Department of Montana? Uh, I mean. What, just saying like, oh, it's Wolf. Yeah. It's just a weird Wolf. But it, the weird thing for me is that I feel like they would have came to that conclusion a lot much sooner. faster. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes it takes an expert's eye. Oh, it takes two experts arm wrestling in a bar late night. Wait, what? It takes two experts in a bar late night arm wrestling to decide oh, exactly. whether it's a wolf or a hyena. That's probably what happened. <laughs> Sightings of such large hyena-like beast in North America have been made for you know centuries. An earlier report dug up from a cryptology Jermaine Clark comes from August 3rd, 1910, an article from the Fort Wayne Weekly Sentinel. Ooh. Fort Wayne, Indiana. For all you listeners of the confessionals, that's right beside us. It's very, very close. But it's not from like, you know, we talked about this when we did our, our episodes on old newspaper articles. Mm-hmm. And like one paper will pick it up, a story from hundreds of miles or thousands right. of miles away. Like Alaska picks up major news stories that, you know, out of, that happened in like New York or something or I don't know, somewhere out around the world. So this happened in, get this, Delphos, Kansas. You remember what else happened in Delphos? Mm, no, I'm not for sure. The Delphos UFO. Oh, remember okay. that big crazy mushroom UFO that left crystals in the ground and all? Oh, they, on the farmers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened in the same place this giant Shaka Horicon sighting happened. Ooh, okay. Maybe there's some overlap. So I have the reporter. This is uh, exact words from 1910. So forgive me if I mispronounce some of the words. Considerable excitement was created here yesterday when Isaiah, Go- or Isaiah Good, who lived in Noah Miller, farm in Marion Township, about a mile east of Delphos, came to town and reported that he had seen something in the Pullman Woods near the W.C. Baxter Farms between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. So we're all ready. We have tons and tons of information. Mm -hmm. We can probably still find where this spot was. It's pretty descript. Yeah. Which is for a cryptid encounter, pretty rare. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it happens from time to time, but... Like, but when you I mean, get it, it's yeah. it's awesome, yeah. A strange-looking wild animal had made an appearance, and it looked almost that of a hyena. Mr. Good first saw the animal in the woods. It was sitting on its back of its hunches and licking its front paw, much in the similar manner of a large cat or a dog. Mr. Good was quite near the animal before he saw it or before it saw him. After staring at him for a few moments, Mr. Good says, the animal ran rapidly towards a cornfield and disappeared. He describes the animal as a strange beast, left no doubt that it was a wild animal, that it was, in fact, a hyena. Oh, okay. Mr. Good remained in the vicinity of this for some time, hoping to get another glimpse of the strange animal, but he was unable to do so. He was on his way to Delphos to work, but after seeing the strange intruder in the woods, he gave up the idea of working that day at all. And he came to Delphos and he came to the engravers, to the organization, a number of armed men and, produ- and produced dogs so they could herd and chase the animal out of the cornfield. But Mr. Good's word 
was not doubtable. The animal may have escaped from a circus. Oh. So he rounds up this posse of guys Mm -hmm. and they go out and look, they can't find it. And they were, the town was pretty convinced his word was not doubtable. They believed him, but there was also a circus nearby. But how many cryptids get blamed on On circus? Like a stupid amount. But I'm sure there are things that have escaped from the circus. Absolutely. But it doesn't take care, account for everything. So, as far as hyenas in North America, 1910 is a pretty strong day. Or a pretty strong date. Why? Is that when uh, Roosevelt was president? Mm. We'll come back to it. Okay. So, any thoughts, though, about this this encounter? Is I mean, pretty straightforward. He's walking. Right. Yeah. He sees a hyena. Once the hyena sees him and they kind of stare off, it bolts into the cornfield. He goes and gets a posse of men. They start searching through with dogs. Can't find it. And they're like, well, we believe the guy... And it was probably a, um, a circus escape me. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Um, I just, yeah, probably wasn't a circus escapee, in my opinion. I mean, could I mean, be. It could be. It could be. But uh, if anyone's listened recently to our show, um, there's a lot more to hyenas oh, we'll just being around in this area. We'll feed you baby birds. Don't worry. That's right. This was a preview of today's member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.